and praise God. Amen. Hello and happy Sabbath church. Um, you know, when you're invited a second time, you're basically family. So hello to all of my uncles and aunties and cousins, all the special family and friends and guests. Thank you so much for your support, your prayers. And it's a blessing for us to be um, once again um, in the house of God and know you're in your office or you're in your kitchen or you're in the bathroom, probably. <laughs> um, we are all together because we come together. We know that God is here in his presence. And so let us pray as we open up our word. Um, the elder told me that we have about an hour and a half, so 90 minutes. So we're going to take our time as we chew on the word. Don't get scared. No, don't run away from the camera now. Hold on. Hold on. Don't worry. We're going to be in and out. But let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much. And we ask in this moment that we only hear your voice. Father God, every person here needs something. They need a boost from you. They need your presence, a word, a blessing, a favor, a request. Oh God, we come before you and seek your face right now. In your word, several times, wherever you were, something always changed. They did not remain the same, Father God. And so we ask, please, for that same blessing and that same presence right now, that your presence will be in every single home and every single heart, that, Father God, you remove the distractions, you remove the doubts and the worries, the problems of this life, and, God, that you would help us to focus in this time to hear your words and to be able to move on refreshed. We love you. We thank you. May Jesus alone might be seen. May Jesus alone might be heard in this moment so that our salvation can be assured. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. And so as we know, welcome to the month of February. Now I'm a little bit biased because I say February is the best month. Um, and not only because it's Black History Month, but because we have so many birthdays, right? Including my own. And so happy birthdays to all those who are born in February. But as we know, in February here in the United States, despite them choosing the shortest month of the year, it is a time that we get to reflect on Black history. And I give kudos to the Children's Story, who did a great job um, choosing a diverse groups of people and talk about all the Black history that you have to be proud of. And as we not only celebrate African Americans, we also celebrate Black people in general around the world. But sometimes there are probably inventions or things that you use today that you did not know a Black person, someone with your same skin color, actually made today for the world to enjoy. And so um, if you don't mind, um, there are a couple of things that you might uh, remember. Um, you know, there was one guy, everyone knows about Dr. King, Malcolm X, you know, all the famous names, but there's some different ones. There was a guy named uh, George Washington, uh, not the president, but the black man, George Washington Carver, who was a scientist and made several inventions off of just simple things, the peanut. You know, I believe that he probably used what God said, if you have the faith of the size of mustard seed. Well, he took a peanut and made several different inventions from shampoo to hair products, to different oils and et cetera, things that are used today. But maybe you're not impressed with that. There's also a black woman who's competing with the billionaires of Andrew Carnegie and Rockefeller and all these big names. There's a lady named Madam C.J. Walker, who was the first woman millionaire. And if you would convert it to today's dollar, she'd be a billionaire, as you all know, selling hair products. But there are also others. There was Jack Johnson, uh, the first world boxing champion for seven years, Thurgood Marshall, the first black man in Supreme Court of Justice. There's Mae Jamison, an astronaut. But did you know there's even black people who created even smaller details? A man named Alfred created the ice cream scoop that you know you use when sometimes the ice cream is too hard, you get a little scooper. A black man made that. There was also a black man who saw that it's so confusing when you drive up to um, on an intersection and all the cars are trying to go. Or maybe you've seen some videos of cars just naturally going without a light. A black man said, hey, there should be a three stop light. And so a man 
excuse me, um, uh, named Garrett Morgan made the traffic light that you have the red light, the orange light and the green light. I know you guys run the red light, but you know, he said, hold up, we gotta be uh, cautious. There was also a man who did the first successful heart surgery. His name was David, he was a doctor. Uh, a man, we all know Thomas Edison made the light bulb and we talk about in order for him to make the light bulb, there was a filament inside of it. And that man was a black man. His name was Louis Latimer. He created the filament inside a light bulb and Thomas Edison um, finished the invention by enclosing it. And that's how you have light and electricity today. Black people created the umbrella automobiles, mousetraps. Did you know that the iron board that you use when your parents force you, at least mine did, to iron their clothes before work or before church sometimes? You know, a woman named Sarah Boone in 1892, she made it. Um, even the automatic elevator door, a, a man named Alexander Miles created it. And so Black people have been instrumental in every single detail around the world, but we know that's here in the United what about around the world? You have Black people who created the concept of zeros, who are well-known in creating pyramids and understanding the stars and constellation, even natural medicine, which I know you all know. If your stomach hurts, you know what tea to use. If you have a headache, you know what tea to go to. All these different things were Black people just naturally gifted with understanding and using the resources that God gave them to make certain inventions. And there's also um, many histories of examples of Black people's strength and wisdom and wit, even a small country in the Caribbean defeating three super world powers, Great Britain, France, and even Spain to become the first Black independent country that released themselves from slavery and independence. Of course, the Haitians, shout out to the Haitians if there are any of them. But, and so what we're saying is that we are grateful to God to know that Black people have made several advancements and several contributions to the world. And as we know, as a verse said in Galatians, we are neither male nor female, neither slave nor free, but we are all God's children together. And so we celebrate the history. You see, Black people have overcome several struggles. And you yourself, despite all these famous names, I'm sure you were probably the first Black student in your class, that you had your own challenges as you were immigrating from Nigeria to America, that you've had your own certain things that you don't want to repeat, but different things that happen. But we can see a constant history and a constant story of Black people overcoming obstacles, of Black people finding out that they didn't want them to read or they didn't want them to learn how to write. And so the Black man took the ABC and turned it to a GED, a BA, MA, and a PhD. Uh, black people have had empires and civilizations long before colonialism. And so we know that all of these things happen, but let me, if you would allow, permit to take you back in time to a black man who had a strange day, or I would say a strange journey. Our story takes place in the continent of Africa, a beautiful continent, a wide continent, and to young boys and girls, do not allow the world to fool you thinking that Africa is so small, but did you know that the whole United States could fit inside of Africa? And you can also take Europe and fit it inside of Africa. You could even take China and fit it inside of Africa. Africa itself on land-wise, it is mass and large, and our story takes place in a small place. Is it really small? In the country of Liberia. You see, we run into a man whose name is Simon, from Cyrene, which is now current day Libra, um, Libya, excuse me. And from that place, he, the Bible tells that he was himself a Jew. And that years after years, because the Jews have been scattered across the world, he intended today to wake up and to go and enjoy Passover. 
But this time he didn't want to spend Passover in his home country. He wanted to be there in Jerusalem. He wanted to partake in the ceremonies and the communion. And so he decided to leave. Except as you all know, back in the day, there was no airplanes. There was no automobiles yet. You had to take a journey and it had to be from a journey from Libya all the way to Israel or Jerusalem. And so if you look at the math, it's about 1800 kilometers. And I don't know how fast you walk. I know we are gifted people. Um, we have track runners and all the different types of people, but it's gonna take you a minute to, get, to walk or to travel 1800 kilometers. And so Simon set out months in advance in preparation to go to the ceremony. He packed his bags, packed his things, packed the food that he needed and all the money, and he set out on his journey. In the journey, he had to walk through the desert, had to hitch a ride maybe on a chariot, had to get a donkey or a camel and keeps going towards his goal. Then of course, what he runs into, geographically, he runs into the Red Sea. He has to cross the Red Sea in order to finally arrive. And so this black man, this man from Libya, this man is going towards Passover. He is trying his best to be there, to enjoy that day. And finally, after months, he finally arrives. Except as he's walking, the dust is settling. He hears a strange noise. He hears different chants. At first he thought maybe it's for me and maybe it's the celebration that's in the city. But as he approached closer and closer, he saw that he was facing a procession, not for a wedding, not even for a funeral, but for a crucifixion. Crucify him, crucify him. This man claims he's the king of the Jews. This man claims that he will destroy the temple and raise it back up in three days. Crucify him, crucify him. He sees Roman generals yelling, pushing the crowd out the way. He sees men and women and even children laughing and mocking. Some are crying. Some are just watching the spectacle. He sees that a procession is happening and he can't see who it is exactly that's being forced to carry this cross. He doesn't see exactly who, what is happening, but he sees finally a man that appears through the crowd. The man is carrying some wooden box and some wooden carbon thing that is known as the cross. And as he's carrying it, as he's dragging it along, Simon looks at the man. And on the man, he sees several disgusting things. You see on the man, he saw lust. He saw greed. He saw pride. He saw arrogance. He saw ignorance. He saw my sins. And he saw your sins. Before he thought to himself, maybe the man deserves it, the man carrying the cross locked eyes with Simon. And Simon in that moment was transfixed. Despite the sins, despite the horrible things that was on the man, despite Simon thinking, well, maybe the man deserved it, he was transfixed with his eyes. And he saw love, hope, peace, joy, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Simon was lost into the gaze of that man. And the man finally fell down over the cross with him. You see, this man was covered in blood. He was covered in dust, covered in the different wounds that he had and he endured. As you all know, probably watching from the Passion of Christ, this man fell down and could no longer take up the cross. Simon looked around 
and was so sad, but his gaze was taken by someone yelling, who's gonna pick up the cross? Who there is gonna take up this cross? This man needs to go and to arrive at his place of death. Who is gonna take this cross? Biblical scholars says it's about a 600 kilometer, um, not 600 kilometer, 600 meter walk, a procession from the place that uh, this man was beaten, from the place that this man was picked up his cross and had to walk this whole time. It was longer than a, a track field, but he had to keep going in order for him to arrive at his place of death. But this man could no longer take it forward. As you all know, this man was no ordinary man but this man was Jesus. The man was Jesus who was God himself who sent his only son to die on behalf of our sins. But even this man, despite the miracles he made, despite the miracles such as him finding the money in the fish's mouth to pay for taxes, despite the miracles of him going to a dead girl and say Talitha Kum and she got up, despite him deciding to multiply bread and fish together in order to feed a lot of people, despite all those miracles, this man finally had reached his human limit and now could no longer pick up this cross. The Roman general searched around the crowd and said, who's gonna pick up this cross? Are you gonna pick it up? Are you gonna pick it up? You see, the Romans weren't gonna pick it up because you know, well, they're too professional. The Jews were not gonna pick up the cross because well, they're too holy and they eat vegetable meat and they don't know about such unclean things and they know that it's against their rules to touch and to enact in such things. The disciples weren't gonna pick up the cross because well, they were too afraid to do so. Despite all the people who could pick up this cross, who could help this man to accomplish the mission, no one was deemed worthy. No one seemed to know what to do with this cross that had fallen down in this moment. Would you have picking up that cross if they asked you? Would you be too holy? Would you be too busy? Would you be insensitive saying, that's not me, that doesn't belong to me? If that cross was in your way, what would you have done? What do you do when a cross is in your way? What do you do when you've been busy and you set your own schedule and you know what you're supposed to do? I mean, you're born with unalienable rights, right? Given by your creator, according to the constitution of the United States. Yet, as you go on your way to work, you're harassed by a police officer. Even the place of your job, you have your degrees, you should be respected. You work just as hard as everyone else. But people of other skin colors look at you as you're inferior, not trusting your intelligence or diminishing your experiences. What do you do when you're trying your best to accomplish a mission, but you've reached your limit and now there appears to be a cross in front of you? That was in that moment, ladies and gentlemen, that Simon heard a man yell at him, hey, you there, come and carry this man's cross. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to, this is one of the times, at least I looked in the Bible, that you see a clear stereotype that happened. You see, again, why would a Roman soldier choose Simon? Unless the Roman soldier was a wise man and saw that maybe this brother 
had a little strength to him. I don't know, I'm just saying. Maybe this brother had a little bit of muscle to him, much larger than mine, but you get the point. Maybe he could see already this, this man could probably carry the cross, but it was not Simon's business. It was not his duty to do so. He had traveled a long, a long way to do what? Celebrate Passover, to enjoy this time with his friends and family, to enjoy this time with his fellow brothers. But now in front of him was a cross. Now in front of him was another man's burden. All the hosts of heaven were watching in this moment. Even the angels themselves, if they could come and carry the cross, they would so, but they could not. This mission had to be done by Jesus alone and it had to be done or assisted by human hands. And in that moment, despite Simon's conflicting emotions or wondering should he could, he had an order to pick up the cross. My friends, there are several crosses today in our lives that I'm sure you're well aware of. It may not be a physical cross, but there are several spiritual crosses that you probably have to carry. The cross of single motherhood, the cross of being a single parent, the cross of racism and police brutality, the cross of stereotypes that are affecting you, the cross of financial hardship or poverty, the cross of mental illness, the cross of different diseases, the cross of all these different issues. All of us know all too well about there's some type of cross that we have. And to young people, you may not think, well, this elder always seems holy or this speaker seems to have everything right, but you don't see the crosses. They just kind of hide them in the corner. But if you look close enough in their Zoom camera, you might see the cross. We all here have crosses, hardships, flaws, or weaknesses, things that necessarily deserve or we didn't ask for. How many of you all asked to be Black? How many of you asked to be Nigerian? I know you're proud to be it, but did you get to talk to God and say, all right, I think I'm going to choose these type of people. I think I'm going to choose this time period to be born in. I think this is how I would like my life to go. We were not given a choice. Each of us here were faced with a cross that showed up in front of us. While the fate of humanity was hanging in the balance, despite no one else could do so, only a man could be able to help. Only a man, and his name was Simon. Permit me to make a correlation with Simon the Cyrene being a normal man. Simon the Cyrene not being mentioned much in the Bible, not about his spirituality level or about who he was or et cetera. All we know is that he was a man from Cyrene, which is Libya. He was from the continent of Africa. He was a brother, a man of color. And he just so happened to be walking in the middle and seeing this procession that has happened. And it's almost if, as if God placed a cross in his way across to block his plan, across to block his own desires, across to block his own dreams and passions. I'm sure just like you, he wanted to go to medical school. I'm sure just like you, he wanted to um, achieve this job or to marry this or etc. He had his own dreams and his own plans, but what do you do when a cross is in your way? Do you run from it? Do you complain? Do you say, that's not my job? Do you say, maybe someone else should carry it? Or do you decide to lay aside your own desires, to lay aside your own flesh, and to pick up this cross that's in front of you? You see, ladies and gentlemen, God chose a Black man. God chose a Black woman. God chose you 
to carry the cross that's in front of you. It is annoying. It is heavy. It's not what you always imagined, but it is a cross that you had to carry. It's a cross that if you do not carry that cross, who will? And each of us, if we say we believe in God, if we say that we love Jesus, if we say that we want to be saved, well, there is no easy life or easy journey in the Christian experience. If we had been selling Christianity, saying that, oh, it's so amazing, it's so nice, it's, it's no burden-free, uh, it's burden-free, just get to enjoy this time and all this heaven, that would be a lie. And maybe, just maybe, permit me to say that we've been selling one side of what it is to be a Christian while not talking about the other. The Bible says the godly will suffer persecution and that there is pain before we receive a reward. But it is not about the reward that we get as being Christians. It is about the relationship that we have with Christ. And so as the story ends, Simon from Cyrene decides to pick up this man's cross. And I'm sure as he picks it up, he feels the weight of the physical cross, which was more than 100 pounds. But I'm sure the cross was even heavier because on that cross was the sins of Adam and Eve. On that cross was the sins of Samson. On that cross was the sins of David and Bathsheba. On that cross was the sins of Deborah. On that cross was the sins of Ruth. On that cross was the sins of Elijah and Elisha. On that cross was the sins of all humanity. On that cross, there was all the sins. And I believe personally, I'm not gonna tell you that a black man could carry the sins of the world. I'm not gonna tell you that he was able to carry that cross. No, I believe that Simon in his own strength could not carry that cross, could not fulfill that mission, could not be able to take that cross to the place it's supposed to be. You see, on the outward appearance, it looked as if Simon was carrying the cross. But in the spiritual realm, ladies and gentlemen, it was God all along carrying that cross with Simon. You see, God allowed Simon, God allowed a human being, God allowed us as people of color to walk in his experience. He said, I'm not going to do this alone. I could do it alone if I wanted to, but I'm going to bring them along so that I can talk to them. And I believe the Bible doesn't say specifically of what was happening or if Simon and Jesus had a conversation of what was said, but I believe that as they were walking, Simon became different. Through every step with that cross, his pride began to decrease. With every step with that cross, his heart began began to become pure. With every step with that cross, despite him wanting to give up, he had an encouragement because he had Jesus, the Bishop of Souls, right next to him. He had Jesus, the man of sorrows, but he also had Jesus, the bright and morning star. He also had Jesus, the rock of all ages. He had Jesus, who was the rock who gave water to the Israelites when they were thirsty. He had Jesus, who was the word who spoke the world into existence. He was walking with Jesus. You see, God did not leave Simon to carry this cross alone. God said, I'm going to carry it with you. I'm going to bless you because you decided to take up this burden. I know you didn't ask for it. I know you didn't plan it. I know you didn't put it in your budget, but because you decide to die to self, because you decide to put away your own selfish desires and to pick up my cross and to pick up my therefore I will walk with you until you arrive at your goal. Finally, Simon and Jesus reached the place of Golgotha, the skull where Jesus is supposed to finish the rest by himself. But I believe that when Simon laid down the cross, he did not want to leave. Because in that moment, despite his original desire to go and to have Passover, despite his original desire to go and have communion, he was able to have his bread and 
his wine together with Jesus. He was able to have that conversation. He was able to have and understand that the real communion was with the Savior all along. And in that moment, ladies and gentlemen, Simon's life was forever changed. Now, I don't want you to say, well, he just spoke to us a nice poetry and didn't read some scripture. But you know, as scriptural references, you can go to um, Romans chapter 16, verse 13, and even Acts 11, verse 20. And in Acts 11, 20, it says that Alexander and Rufus, who were the sons of Simon, were evangelists and preached the word all over in the area of Cyrene. What does that tell us, ladies and gentlemen? That that moment, that encounter, that minute with Jesus, that moment with Jesus, despite the cross he had to carry, Simon did not go and continue life as normal, but that experience changed his heart and his mind in such a way that he went back home and told his sons about Jesus. He went back home and told his wife about Jesus. He went and shared his story and his experience with his children. He went and shared his stories and experiences with his community. And as a result, the gospel was able to be preached. I want to take a moment and talk to the parents who are here today who are filled with wisdom. Are you sharing your, your stories and your experiences with your children? Do you only tell them the good parts about how you made it over? Do you only tell them about how you kept the Sabbath and how you only eat vegetable meat and how you only live this way and that way? Or do you share with them the experiences of your struggles too? Do you tell them the parts where you had to carry a cross as well? Do you tell them the moments of the sins and flaws that you struggle with? Do you also share and be vulnerable with them, not to just make them laugh at you, but to say, hey, I too am human just as you are, but let me show you the man who carried my cross. Let me show you the man who, despite my problems, despite my uh, burdens that I had, let me show you a man who carried me until I arrived at the end. We have to be able and to begin to share our stories and our lessons and our experiences with each other. We have to be able to not point them at ourselves and say, look at me, look how holy I am. But we have to be able to point them back to God. We have to say that every single success, every single step that I have from here today and breathing, it is only because of God's grace and his mercy. Today, as people of color, today as Christians, and even today as Adventists, those who believe in God's Sabbath and his word and his soon return, we all have a cross here to bear. We all have a cross that's uncomfortable. We all have a cross that we're probably ashamed of across of whatever these things, we did not get to choose them. You did not choose to have a weakness for, um, you did not choose to have a weakness for that sin. You did not choose to have a weakness for alcohol. You did not choose to have a weakness for lust. You did not choose these crosses. They were placed in you, financial crosses, domestic violent crosses, all these different issues that happen that you're affected, you're scarred by. But it's time, ladies and gentlemen, for us to stop trying to carry the cross by ourselves and to allow Jesus to carry the cross for us. Despite the world's troubles, despite the problems that we will encounter here on this earth, without a cross, you can never gain the crown. You see, there's a folk tale always told about when you arrive in heaven, there's an exchange center. And that exchange center, you have to pass through it before you can enter into the gates. But that exchange center is where you lay down your cross when you lay down your burdens, when you lay down your worries, when you get to lay down the racism, when you get to lay down the prejudice, when you get to lay down the hatred, when you get to lay down the envy, when you get to lay down all of these things and issues that held you back 
to lay down your cross and say, God, I live for you and not for myself. God, I turned the other cheek when I wanted to hit back. God, I decided to be humble and to hold my tongue. God, I decided to actually act up and to speak out against injustice, whether it's in Nigeria or whether it's in the United States. God, I decided to stand up and to be like you, to set the captives free, to be there for the fatherless, to help the widow. God, I accomplished the word that you called me to do. That's where you lay down your cross. And in exchange, you receive your crown, a crown of life, a crown that's filled with stars inside inside of jewels, a crown that you get to receive in next to the right hand of the Father. That is what is promised. And so I don't know about you, but as the old song says, I'll cling to the old rugged cross. In some day, I'll exchange it for a crown. I'll cherish that old rugged cross until the days I get to lay my trophies down. I'll cherish the old rugged cross besides what people say, despite the different problems and persecution I will receive. I'll cherish and hold on to that cross until the day that Jesus is coming. As we close to pray, I want to remind you, I want to encourage you saying, I hope you know that Jesus is coming back. I hope you don't think because Joe Biden's president, oh, wow, whew, the crazy man's out of office. No, no, no. You have to finish reading the Bible. It doesn't stop. Problems and persecutions will always come. And it is now a time, even if it's maybe a moment of peace that God has given us, we have to take our salvation even more serious because as the Bible says, our salvation is nearer than when it first appeared. And so it is a time, even though we're on Zoom, to dig deep into the word to establish a relationship with God, to be honest with him about your crosses, your vulnerabilities, to tell him about your weaknesses. But remember, when you are weak, then you are strong, not in your own might, but in Christ. But it's also the time for us to share this good news and gospel. It's time that people see a gospel that they can see, not a gospel that they can hear. It's time for them to be able to know the good news is, hey, Jesus is coming, regardless if the Republicans are in office or the Democrats are in office. Man cannot ever reign alone. You know the story very well of a statue. The head was gold, but the feet was iron and clay. And right now we can see the iron clay is not mixing. And there is a great boulder. There is a great stone named Jesus who is going to destroy that statue and establish his kingdom forever. Will you be there? You want to be, but you cannot come alone. You have to bring at least one person with you. And so as it is the first Sabbath of February, as it is Black history, I encourage you, I implore you to be proud of who you are, but to not take that pride and to go home and say, oh yeah, amen, that's it. But to go and to take that word somebody else, to tell someone you love them, but to show them that you love them, to preach them the good news is, hey, Jesus is coming back, to say, how can I pray for you, but also how can I help you? Can I pay your bill this month? Can I pay for groceries this time? How can I be able to help you in this area? We need one another. This is the cross that God called us to bear. And though it seems heavy, remember, it is nothing compared to what we shall receive in heaven. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for speaking to us in this word. But dear Lord, it's nice words, but hard to put into action if we do not have your Holy Spirit. And so in this moment, Father God, we ask please that you would give us your Holy Spirit. I ask, please, oh God, that you would bless the people that are here right now listening to your word, that they need your encouragement. There are those who are sick right now, Father God, who need healing. There are those right now who are struggling with different diseases or struggling with different sins and temptations and need deliverance right now. There are those, Father God, who cry at night and you know the reason why. There are those who are dealing with anxiety and depression. There are those, oh God, who don't know what to do or what to do next, Father God, because their life has been disrupted by this pandemic. In the name of Jesus, Father God, 
Help us to redirect our focus upon you. In the name of Jesus, Father God, help us to lean upon you. Help us to pick up our cross and to know that you are with us every step of the way. Help us, oh God, to know that we have power at our disposal if we call upon your name. Help us, oh God, to share this good news and this joy, not with just ourselves, but with others. Help us, God, that at least on the day that you return, we at least have one person to say, yes, God, I at least brought one person to you. I at least shared the good news with one person. I at least was able to be used by you. Father God, our biggest prayer is that when you return, we shall be in that great number. But in the meantime, Father God, as you told us to work, while the time, while it's still day, help us, oh God, to work for you, to live for you, to be a better Christian for you. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for answering our prayers. Thank you for the blessing that you will bestow upon your people. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, family. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Glory be, honor be, adoration be to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Glory be, honor be, adoration be to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Everybody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be, honor be, adoration be to God in the be to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Everybody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give glory to the Lord. He reigns. We give glory to the Lord. He reigns. Adoration, adoration to the Lord, he reigns. Adoration to the Lord, he reigns. He reigns, he reigns, he reigns. Adoration to the Lord, he reigns. I have a God who never fails. I have a God who never fails. I have a God who never fails. Who never fails. Jesus never fails. Forevermore. Amen. Amen.
Jesus never fails. Amen. Jesus never fails. Amen. Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. My God never fails. Forevermore. Amen. Amen. Jesus never fails. Amen. Jesus never fails. Amen. Jesus never fails. My God never fails. Jesus never fails forevermore. He is Lord. He is Lord. Christ is Lord, you are Lord, you are Lord, hallelujah, you are Lord, amen, you have risen from the dead, and you are Lord. that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen.